0: and turn to Ephesians chapter 6. We have concluded our study... ...on, all right, here... You know, you love it when you think you're doing something right and you just did something wrong, all right? It's bad enough when you do something wrong and know it, but when you think it's right and it's wrong, then it's really bad, right? But you get used to it after a while, don't you? (laughs) Um, But we're continuing in this spiritual warfare um, aspect. We've looked at briefly the armor through Through your study, you looked at it in more detail, and it's just a fascinating passage that we have at the end of Ephesians, and in verse 10, and I'm not going to read the entire passage, but the part that we're going to look at today, verse 10, Paul says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. And he goes on then and talks about the various armor. But everything in this passage, Paul is focusing on all this armor to enable us to stand under the onslaughts of the devil. See we we sometimes lose the goal of why we put the armor on. We are in warfare, it's spiritual warfare as we've already looked at. And we do not want to become a casualty in it. We don't want to go down in battle. We don't want to deny the faith. And this is what this is what Paul is addressing four times in these verses. Paul urges the believer to stand. He, he urges us, put on the whole armor. Why? So that we can look good. So that we can just have victory over... Ultimately, so that in this world that we are called to represent God, that we can stand and be the light and be the testimony that God wants us to. So... He, he emphasizes this word stand and it's not the idea of a casual standing but it's it's the idea of digging in. It's the idea the the thought that came to mind as these people in Ephesus read this, they had vivid images in their mind and when he mentioned their Feet shod with, with the sandals of the gospel of the peace of God. They knew in their mind what that was. Those were sandals that had, had spikes on them. The warrior could stand his ground. He wouldn't slip. He wouldn't fall. This was a, a, an intense standing. This is against the, everything that's coming against us. That we're not going to be blowing off that we're not going to be distracted, that we're not going to be um, knocked down. It, it is, the word that he uses, and he uses two different words here, one is to stand and the other is to withstand when, when the enemy is coming against us. And okay. it, it carries the idea of vigorously opposing and bravely resisting and standing face to face against the adversary, holding our ground, not not losing any ground, to be firm against the the attacks that come our way and to not be moved. Paul said in another passage, he said, I have been persecuted, I've been shipwrecked, I've been chased out of towns and stoned. But he says, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto my... He was standing. None of those things made him slack off. None of those things made him say, Oh, I don't know if it's worth it. He was willing and able by the power of God to stand. Now, the term that is used here is not a term of offense. It is a term of defense. The Christian has the fortifications that God has given us for the war that we are in, and we are to stand in what God has provided for us. If a castle is under attack from an army, the battle is won, by those in the castle, not by them venturing forth to overwhelm the army on the outside, but the battle is won by remaining secure within the walls and continually repelling any of the invasion that comes to them. So in that sense, it is a defensive position that we have, but it's A good defense wins championships, okay? A good defense in this wins the battle. And we're standing in what God has provided. Paul is not indicating to us that we should hunt down or actively pursue our spiritual enemies, but to remain steadfast, immovable, girded in the armor of God, Girded in what Christ has provided for us. Um, we, we understand that we, in and of ourselves, are no match for Satan and his forces. That the power has to come from God. And, and as a Christian, we, we understand that the armor, it's our responsibility to stand in it, to put it on. And we understand that we are not battling in order to be saved. We are not fighting to be justified or struggling to win the battle. All of those things were done at the cross. We are to stand in those things. This is the, the castle, if you please, that we are to, are, are to stand in. It is, it is up to us to stand that ground and, and to remain in what God has already told us He has done for us, that He has justified us, that He has pardoned us, that He has adopted us into His family. All the things that we looked at in the early part of Ephesians and in our study in the book of Romans. So it is, He's saying... I want you to to be able, the storms that come in life, that you are able to stand and nothing can move you from this. That you will be strong in the Lord. So um, He's given us, God has given us everything we need to be able to stand. And He's given us the power. And it's now for us to say, I'm putting on this armor so that I will be able to stand in the warfare. There are, there are many um, truths that we need to understand in the warfare, and I'm just going to list a few, and then the list this morning why we stand. But the goal is for us to stand. Every one of us know individuals that once stood in the faith, and now they're not. And Paul says, I don't want that to be the case for you at Ephesus or for we as believers now. So, there's a number of things we need to come into and realize. Number one, expect your faith to be tested. It is a battle. And Satan cannot take away our salvation but He can get us to live as though we're not saved. And our faith will be tested. It will be um, examined and purified through the testings. We're not going to go into this in great detail. But if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are an enemy of Satan. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul, writing to young Timothy, said, all that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. This world never has been and never will be a friend of Christ. It never has been and it never will be encouraging to believers, whether it's in Bangladesh with 90% Muslim or whether it's in the United States of America. We have enjoyed the benefits of a Judeo-Christian ethics and morality for a number of years, but, but we are rapidly seeing and being reminded that our faith will be tested. There come times in a person's life that... We may be overwhelmed with circumstances perhaps perhaps doubts bombard us and fears and and worries that we know we shouldn 't be having but but the pressures of life and the spiritual warfare come to the point that we we scarcely keep our head above water, that we scarcely realize i'm not the only one in the battle sometimes we think i'm the only one that's just keeping my chin above above the water i mean you come to church and everybody looks like they're doing fine we don't see the battles we don't see the the goings on that are are happening and and sometimes when the battles come We think something's wrong with us. If you don't have battles, you better check something's wrong. Satan will oppose and his forces will oppose a true follower of Christ that is seeking to grow to the image of God, that is seeking to be obedient to God and be a light in this dark world. So the intensity of the battle, God tells us, will grow as we draw near to the end. In the last days, evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. This is what he said. So, <clears throat> we need to expect that our our faith will be tested, our faith will be challenged, and and we need to it shouldn't catch us by surprise. The Bible continually tells us this. Secondly, The testing will reveal what is in our heart right now. See, tests reveal what we are. Um, You can't just go along at this level and when a test comes, automatically raise your level and go on it will reveal what we currently are. Um, If we are not in the Word and not consistently seeking to let Him control our life, if we're not actively putting the Word in our mind, letting the truth affect our life, we've missed the whole point of the conflict. And, and we will succumb. We will not be able to stand. And that, without going into the armor again, that's what he's talking about in the armor. It's walking in truth. And so, a day of revelation is going to come. Paul and Silas did not show up in jail and, and think, Oh man, we, we probably should sing a song. Uh, that might be a good thing to do. That was already in them. Their praising God was not, all oh, we're in jail. Um, this would make a good chapter, about chapter 16 of Acts. Let's sing songs and, and praise God. Praise was a way of life for them. And, and it wasn't anything they turned up turbo and all of a sudden a turbo Christianity. It was a way of life for them. They praised God. They prayed. They sang songs. They witnessed to the guards that were there. Why? <clears throat> because that's how they were living. The tests are going to reveal what we're really living for. And and it's, it's understanding that our power comes from God. We do not need to fear the power of the tests that we get or the, the persecution that may come our way if we are in Christ. I mean, God has all power. We can rest in Him. It comes down to the battle for truth. And last Sunday, we looked at the armor and we said it all comes down, if you wanted to summarize all the armor, it comes down to walking in truth putting on the breastplate of truth and the righteousness, standing in the righteousness of God, what God has done, and so on. But in, in the time of, of battle where we're going to be really tested in our stand, it's going to reveal what we are. Not what we intended to be, not what we wanted to be or hoped to be, but what we really are in our personal walk with God. Thirdly, we need to understand, and I call it testing. I maybe should have put warfare, but the warfare will end. The testing will end. There, There are many people around the world today that are in severe persecution and warfare. But their warfare is going to end someday. And whatever warfare comes to you, the testing will end. The warfare will end. Number four, the testing may end in death. And we are so earthly minded, we say, why, that seems like a loss. No, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. What a way to end the warfare than to wake up in heaven, amen? And the testing throughout the Bible, throughout all of history, many of the warfares that God's people endured ended in death. There are are millions of followers of Christ who have seen their life taken at the hand of the evil one and their battle ended in death, but they went down standing. I should say they went up standing. They didn't go down, alright? And, and I think of, of many of them, Stephen is one prime example in the Bible. That, that he stood, his testimony was true, even as he was being stoned. Why was he being stoned? Because he was a follower of Jesus Christ. And he stood, we don't have the time to go in and mention multitudes of examples. Fox's Book of Martyrs is a book filled with individuals who gave their life standing for Christ. <clears throat> Years ago, I had the privilege of visiting a castle... In, in which Balthazar Hubmeier, he was a, a forefather of ours in the faith, and um, believed just like we do today. But in this castle, he was kept because of his faith in Jesus Christ, and they had there the persecution room and where they kept all the tools and everything that they used to persecute. <clears throat> they had a rack there, and the rack was made of wheels on each end, wooden, wooden wheels with handles on it. They would lay a person on the rack, tie ropes to their arms and feet, and then just start cranking these and stretching them out as a form of persecution, seeking to get them to deny Jesus Christ. They, they had many, many, many forms of persecution. Balthazar Hubmeyer was later drowned in the nearby river because they said to him, since you love baptism by immersion so much, We'll give you water. And they tied a millstone about his neck, and they threw him in the river. But Balthazar Hubmeyer stood. And there are hundreds of thousands of millions of individuals that have stood, and they're able to hear before God, Well done, thou good and faithful, because... What Paul is driving at, they stood. Their their physical life ended in death. But Job said, though He slay me, yet will I trust Him. Uh, We don't have the time, but Hebrews 11, it says there were many that were tortured. The the great hall of faith chapter. Many were tortured and, and it listed a bunch that saw God deliver them and saw God rescue them. But then it goes on and it gives a little passage. There were many that were tortured, sawn in two, it says in Hebrews 11, of whom, and it says, of whom the world was not worthy. These, God says, stood in the midst of persecution, and God says the world wasn't worthy for them to even live there. So the testing may involve death, but you will be rewarded for standing. See, God is the one that writes the final chapter, and you will be rewarded for standing. This isn't a verse we, we claim as a life verse. I don't think I've ever seen anybody write Matthew chapter 5:10 through 12. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. That's a reality. That's a blessing. And God says, if you stand in the face of opposition, He says, I will reward you. So we ask a question, why have so many through the ages been willing to suffer and die for Jesus Christ? And we ask that question, and then we ask, what is there that I need to have as foundational in my life that would enable me to stand in the face of the most severe opposition? Number one, we stand because Christ is our life. The ability to stand comes from valuing Christ above all else. I am willing to give my life because Christ is more valuable to me than my life. Christ is more valuable to me. Than my family. Christ is more valuable to me than my job. Christ is more. Va- you tell me what Christ is not more valuable than. But you know, many times in our life, Christ is kind of an add on. Oh, it will make my life better if I have Christ. It will help my family. It will help. Th- no. It's going to come down to the fact, and maybe in our lifetime, where we are going to be tested to see <clears throat> how much do I really value Christ. And it, it has to be Christ is all. Why? We must see that it is Christ and Christ alone that forgives sin. It's Christ and Christ alone that saves. It's Christ and Christ alone that forgives It's Christ and Christ alone that keeps me. It's Christ and Christ alone that provides. Without Him, I'd be burning in hell today. And so, what would I trade? Is my life more dear to me than Christ? Absolutely not. The songwriter said, Without Him, I would be nothing. Without Him, I'd surely fail. Without Him, I would be drifting like a ship without a sail. See, I really believe God is at work in our country, let alone world, but in our country to pare down things in our life that our hearts are prone to love, to bring us to the point that all that I need is God. It's Christ and Christ alone. Give me Jesus. In the morning, when I rise, give me Jesus. In the end, when I die, give me Jesus. That has to, that has to become our passion. That it's, it's God and God alone. <clears throat> it's no political figure. It's no government. It's no family and this is personal. You can't do it for your wife, or your wife can't do it for you, or you can't do it for your kids. It To be able to stand, it's going to have to be, I am hanging on to Christ, and Christ is hanging on to me, more importantly. But I, I am trusting Christ no matter what. That is it. It's not an option. To stand alone in the evil day, we must walk with God today. See, we're not going to stand in the evil day if we're not walking with Him today. If we don't value Christ, and see, if we've never trusted Christ for the forgiveness of sin, we don't value Him. I mean, we go on in our life. Jason mentioned he came to a point where he realized my disobedience bears consequences. But then when you realize Christ paid the penalty for my sin, wow, no wonder I value Christ. I mean, He, he made me a, a child of His. He's given me a home in heaven. And, and we will be able to stand when Christ is our life. Nothing else matters. And I believe one of the purposes of this whole pandemic that we've had is is God saying, what matters in your life? What really matters in your life? And you know what? All that matters is Christ. Christ is all I need. And we stand, and we will be able to stand because Christ is our life, and secondly... When we realize truth will prevail. It doesn't matter. The whole world. We mentioned Stephen. At at that time, everyone was against him. But he said, I'm going to stand because I know truth will prevail. And it doesn't matter who is against you. Truth will prevail. Prevail. And, and we can rest in that fact. The day is coming. It's promised. Christ is highly exalted and the day is coming that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So, although friends and family and people around may deny, we hold to Jesus Christ because truth will prevail. In the end, there's only one standing, and that's Jesus Christ. So why would, I, why would I turn aside for anything else? Everything else fails. The Christian who learns to stand, clad in the armor of God, energized by the power of prayer, his feet planted and immovable, is the only one who can truly affect this world. He is the only one who can reflect the love of Jesus Christ in the midst of horrific circumstances. Next week you'll hear stuff going on in our world, and it doesn't matter what's going on in our world, we're called to stand. And we're called to love... God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, because He is is all we have. And we learn to stand in a world around us that is falling apart, that is failing. And when, when people see believers standing in the peace of God, in the power of God, People will be amazed and God will be glorified. You go throughout history and you see it. And the bottom line is how we finished. We want to finish the race standing. Standing strong with a strong faith. I don't want to limp over the finish line. I don't want to have to have somebody drag me over the finish line. I want to finish the race strong and how do you do that? You build your relationship with Jesus Christ daily. This is all that matters. It is all that matters. And truth will prevail. We, we live in a, in a society that doesn't even know what truth is. Don't worry, truth will prevail. We're not responsible for what the society, we're responsible for where we stand. And as we stand in Jesus Christ, we will be able to manifest the difference He has made in our life through our peace, through our assurance, through our faith, even unto death, if God so chooses. And it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Heavenly Father, I pray that if there is one here today who has never come to value your finished work in their life, I pray today that they would call upon you. And then, Lord, I pray for we as believers, it's so easy, as you know, for us to get distracted, turned aside, to love other things more than we love You. And Lord, I pray that we would bring our love totally to You and that we would value You above all else because in the end, You alone are the only thing that matters. Lord, thank You that You are the way, the truth, and the life. And Lord, I pray that we would walk in truth. I pray that we would be armed with the truth of You, that we'd take captive every thought to the obedience of You. And Lord, I pray that You would be honored and glorified whatever You see fit to bring into our lives, that we would stand in truth, that we'd be living epistles of truth, And, Lord, that your power would be manifested through us. I pray, God, that our love for you would be um, renewed, revived, and, Lord, that you would be honored through it, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.